everybody, welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R, don't get it twisted. This is episode 19 and I am wearing a sweater, which means <laughs> it is cooled down here in the Rockies and um, we've had enough rain. I shouldn't say enough rain, we've had a lot of rain, probably still need a little more to lift the fire bands. No more smoke at this point. Last time when the smoke disappeared, I thought it would be gone for good, but it came back. So I'm just like, eating a Balderson cheese, so I don't wanna have it in my teeth. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the weather has been cooling down, still, you know, having nice little bouts of sun, but uh, August isn't over yet. So I'm hoping we still have some beautiful days. Fall, even though summer is my favorite season, fall has to be my second favorite season. I've discussed this on other podcasts. <laughs> so as usual, I like to start off the podcast with a concoctail, something that I kind of make up off the top of my head. I am going to try something different. Now, I was just gonna crack some champagne. This is actually Prosecco. And then I thought that's too boring. In in lieu of the upcoming fall season, I thought that I would maybe do something a little fallish. Autumn? Autumnish? So I've got this beautiful bottle of cup cupcake <laughs> cupcake prosecco. And uh, it's one of my favorites. Now, I'm not just gonna pour champagne, but I'm gonna try. I thought, okay, well, how do you make something more fall-esque? Cinnamon. Not pumpkin, okay? No pumpkin spice here. I've got a cinnamon stick and an apple. So I'm gonna try to uh, spice up my champagne and make it a little bit more festive. Will it work? Probably not. <laughs> but you know what? We're in this together and sometimes you just have to step outside the box. It's fun to watch other people fail. <laughs> <laughs> and go, hey, I'm glad that wasn't me. But it's fine. I feel like how much harm can you do by adding some cinnamon and apple to champagne? As long as it doesn't make it like fizz over. It's like adding Mentos to Diet Coke. We don't want anything crazy to happen. I don't want any big messes. And I'm a pro at opening champagne bottles. And then nothing happens. Sometimes, sometimes I have to deep throat the bottle again <laughs> to keep the bubbles from spilling over. Okay, so I didn't use a champagne glass because it's got a stem. Actually, I do have stemless but then the cinnamon stick would kind of be lost and I feel like this will be lost in there. So should I add the cinnamon stick? Now I'm gonna pour it over the cinnamon stick, which may cause it to lose some of its carbonation. One thing that drives me nuts, let me just like, I wanna tell all of you who pour champagne or Prosecco, I have been to many restaurants, bars, where when somebody pours you a glass of champagne, they just pour it in the glass, right? And it bubbles and, but then the carbonate, a lot of the carbonation is lost by doing it that way. So I like to pour it down the side of the glass so that it's not pouring into itself and making fizz and like making your champagne go flat, essentially. What I don't want to happen is that, that. <laughs> Meaning if I pour, if I put this in the glass first and then pour the champagne over it, will it go crazy and fizz and then be flat, you know what I mean? So maybe what I'll do is pour the champagne first, then add the cinnamon stick and then the apple. Cause I was thinking, well, I'll just pour, I want more cinnamon flavor. So the thought of pouring it over top of the, by the way, I feel like this is a lot, <laughs> but we're here for a while. So I have hardwood floors and I dropped this like from counter height and it didn't break. <laughs> you know, you cringe when something like is about to hit the floor, you're like, oh no, and it, didn't break, it was perfect. Champagne in. Let's see what happens when I put this in there. Not much. All right. And got my Henkel's knife. And I'm just gonna cut a couple wedges. Mm. 
He didn't like that. One more. This apple is on its way out. Yeah, I feel like my champagne is going to be flat. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, if you look at the, the cinnamon stick, everything in there is not liking what's happening. Jesus Christ. Look at the cinnamon stick. <sighs> okay, well, let's try it. Let's see if it tastes any different. Okay, I can taste the cinnamon. I wasn't sure if it was because I could smell the cinnamon with the bubbles like bringing it to the surface, but I can taste it. And the apples, I don't think are doing anything. It is spicy, spicier. It definitely has like a bit of a fall-esque flavor. Not the prettiest drink in the world. So I don't know if you guys have these like special little caps for champagne bottles. They're like a pressure cap where you put it in <laughs> and then you pull the thing down and it like it's like a gas, creates a gasket. That was hard for me, but it's all the way downstairs. So I'm just gonna go like this and I'm not gonna need to save this anyway. I'm just gonna drink it all. A whole bottle of champagne. That's a headache and a half. All right, so I didn't even have to make a mess. I literally didn't even bring my tray up. I just brought a bottle of champagne, a glass, an apple, and a cinnamon stick, and it worked out just fine. Um, I have been doing some research on more fall cocktails, some funner stuff to try, but that takes preparation. And once again, I had a guest over for the weekend and um, went jet boating and had a wonderful time, but got nothing done work-wise so but you know what it's the end of summer and i'm telling you summer is so short here that you got to just take it all in and i was gonna do something fun with my hair i curled it but that's about it i do have these really cute flower crowns uh that i got from claire's and definitely they're a little over the top but you know what when it's getting close to halloween i could just say oh in spirit of halloween and i mean look at what i'm wearing right now are you telling me that a flower crown would push this over the top <laughs> or is it already over the top? I have, this is a sugar thrill sweater. And for those of you listening to the podcast, I have a video version on YouTube. If you go to Cat Wonders on YouTube, you can see this podcast. Anyway, I have this in a beautiful like periwinkle blue color, kind of like purpley blue, more periwinkle blue. Sugar thrills, my favorite line. And I'm telling you now that it's cooled off a bit and I can start wearing some of my sugar thrill sweaters, I have so many of them. It's actually ridiculous. I even have one with like clouds and sheep on it. Okay, I've got like 3D cherries, flowers, you name it. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss my future outfits. I also had on pink earrings and I thought it was a little too over the top. <laughs> it is funny how like sometimes you just feel more out there. Like you're just like, I don't care. Like I want to wear rainbow earrings with my rainbow shirt. <laughs> just give her. Okay. So it has been raining, raining, raining here. And it's kind of like a shock to the system because we went from it being so hot and dry and smoky to suddenly rainy and it just keeps coming down and I love it. And it gives me fall vibes. And sometimes you don't realize how much you love a season until you're anticipating it and starting to feel like it. You know, it's like, ooh, I'm already getting cozy and lighting kind of more autumn candles. I went to Bath and Body Works and bought five new candles. They were on sale for $16.95. In the US, I think you guys pay, obviously it's same price, but cheaper, but they're normally $24.95 each, the three wick candles. And oh, they're just, you know, some of them smell like a lot. There's a lot of pumpkin spice, like pumpkin, pumpkin, pump. But I find that the pumpkin in Bath and Body Works candles are very, they smell very like heavy on the vanilla side and almost like offensively vanilla, like butterscotchy vanilla, you know what I mean? Like too sweet. And I don't like that. So all of the fall scents that I got are, I keep looking over that. <laughs> because I got an, an old Bath and Body Works candle there. They're more piney, 
smoky, maybe a little bit of like spice, but you know, not, not really vanilla or pumpkin, just FYI. You guys gotta smell this. It smells like apple pie champagne. And it's definitely, it's close to being flat, but you know, I'm really enjoying, like, holy crap. That is very cinnamony, like super cinnamony. Cinnamonish. <laughs> Okay, so yes, my week. So nothing really too exciting. Like I said, I had a guest and did lots of fun stuff together. Nothing too exciting. Been jet boating, you guys know that this is something I like to do. Um, yeah, ate too much. I don't know what it is. And it's also a mood thing. Maybe it's hormones, I don't know. All I know is that I go on like carb binges because typically I'm super cautious. I shouldn't say super cautious, but like I'm kind of off and on keto, but always sort of low carb, avoiding sugars and starches and that kind of thing. But I, <laughs> for the last week and a half, have been eating carbs like they're going out of style and I'm feeling it. <laughs> it doesn't take much, you know, like when I was a lot younger, I could just go crazy with whatever I wanted to eat. And now I kind of see it. I see the repercussions three days after I have a big bowl of pasta. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, oh, you only live once. And you know, food is such a huge part of my enjoyment in life. I love going out for dinner. I love having a good meal. I love pairing drinks with meals and I don't know I just have this whole and who doesn't love food but sometimes like I'll base an entire trip around food there's this one restaurant I want to go to but before we go for dinner there's this lunch spot that I heard about and then you know fancy breakfasts and I mean trust me I can grab a freaking McDonald's sandwich for breakfast too I'm all over the map in that sense but you know the saying when in Rome it's kind of like when I'm in Vancouver even when I'm in Calgary seafood <laughs> Ronnie's Oyster House is my jam in Calgary, um, but Vancouver for sure, like crab, lobster. I just, I don't know. I just so look forward to it. Some people could give a shit. They don't care, but I do. And um, I don't know how I got on that tangent. Oh yeah. Um, just eating a bunch of garbage and it shouldn't say garbage. Like I'm making pastas and gluten-free pasta. One of my favorite things to make is like a hot, spicy soup. Just... <laughs> Okay, and I don't know how bad this is, but I'll buy Ichiban packs. If you don't know what Ichiban is, I don't know what planet you're from. <laughs> but basically it's like ramen noodles with like a package and you just make the soup. But I'll take the package from the Ichiban pack and I don't get the Mr. Noodles Ichiban, I get the actual brand Ichiban. I don't know what the main difference is besides maybe one's more genuine than the other. But anyway, the Ichiban, the beef, Ichiban packet, and then I pour it in to some boiling water. I add like sesame oil and I put sriracha in it and then red pepper flakes and then like frozen peas, carrots, and corn, I think, like the mix pack. And then I pour that in there and then gluten-free noodles. And I just use like spaghetti noodles and like break them up and then, oh my God, so good. Oh, and another thing, you have to try this. If you're having any type of like savory soup, there is a sweet soup. It's actually kind of a Dutch German thing, plum soup, anyway. But if you're having like sort of this sort of salty, delicious soup, Parmesan cheese in there. Not like the grated Parmesan cheese. I'm talking the fake Parmesan cheese. <laughs> you know, the one that doesn't have to be refrigerated and it's like crumbly, that Parmesan cheese. In any soup really, besides, like I said, it's more like clear soup. So like a beef broth, a chicken broth, Parmesan cheese is freaking unreal, especially with any type of like Asian style, like Asian inspired spicy soups. So good. I've been known to put Parmesan cheese in my miso soup. Oh, not miso soup, um, wonton soup. So yeah, um, anyway, eating lots of carbs, not the best when you're a bikini model, but you know what, to be honest, if I've got an extra five or 10 pounds of fluff on me, I just feel more like Marilyn Monroe. 
it's more ins inspirational for me. <laughs> I do enjoy having curves, more curves. The only time it's annoying is when I'm trying on swimsuits where the bottoms are like really dig in on the sides, but my boobs are bigger. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like there is a plus to gaining five or 10 pounds. I don't weigh myself ever. I actually don't have a scale in the house at all because to me, it's not a, like it, it. I've been obsessive before where I'm like, oh, just out of curiosity, you know, you hop on and you're like, oh crap, you know, and it's just, it's really in your head. If you have a goal and you're like really dieting and exercising to lose weight, then, you know, you have a scale to kind of keep track of that. But for me on a daily basis, I just focus more on getting my exercise in, eating healthy, <laughs> except for the last week and a half, and um, just being strong and living my best life. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know why. Okay. I am actually sweating. This is acrylic, not the most luxurious fabric, but I am actually too hot, but that's okay. <sighs> we'll get through. <laughs> I've been so used to dying up here from the heat that it really actually doesn't bother me that much. Can you hear it? The smell of this is so lovely. Ooh, if I could like get a candle that smelled like this, would smell like granny's apple pie baking in my kitchen. All right, so I'm gonna be flip-flopping my hair around like crazy because that's just what I do. If that annoys you, then you might as well click off now. <laughs> it's not gonna stop. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how I recently planted nine Northwood maple trees on my property. And it took a while for me to decide what kind of trees I wanted um, to kind of like you know, I have a very specific spot that I put them. But these trees are so incredibly beautiful in the fall. They turn this bright kind of neon red color. And um, because we're like the region that I live in the Rockies, we have gorgeous color turning trees. <laughs> But it like in the fall, but generally it's like they turn yellow or sort of orangish um, No really bright red besides some low-lying bushes. But anyway, so in the fall just right around the corner They're going to be this gorgeous Neon red and pretty much stick out like a sore thumb around everything else, but they're starting to turn and I am so excited So super excited and it just gives me these vibes It's almost like the first snowfall and you're looking forward to Christmas and skiing. It's kind of like giving me similar nostalgic like Oh the fall, you know because the fall especially in the mountains you guys is ridiculously stunning, right? And it's funny because when you look at the mountains in the fall, so early in the fall, you'll f like the snow will return on the tops of the mountains because right now they're bare. There's no snow at all. So in the next few weeks, I'm thinking that we're, we're gonna get some snow and then everything starts to kind of change, but from the top of the mountain to the bottom. And I have a photo, I wish it's on some digital camera like from 10 years ago, maybe longer. And it was a photo of the mountains and there was a line of color change, like because the frost had come down to a certain level and then, you know, it kind of comes down a little farther. So every section of the mountain was kind of a different shade and it just was like oh, green to kind of like lighter green to orange to yellow. It was just really, I'm sure you can find something similar online, but so beautiful. And one nice thing too about living in the mountains is we have very distinct seasons. So it's not like California where <laughs> Christmas time feels like summertime, you know? We have a very distinct like summer, winter, spring. So that's nice too, except for like the rain. Anyway, <laughs> I go on and on. I am so sweaty. I don't know what to do. It's like beyond, it's just this goddamn sweater. I feel like I have to change, but I don't want to. Mm. Kind of just need my fan. That's all right. We're just gonna. No, I gotta change. 
I gotta change. All right. Okay. I had to change. I don't know what was happening there, but uh, that acrylic is not breathable at all. So noted. Um, it's just, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lights around me. Eleven. <laughs> uh, emitting heat and uh, yeah. Okay, so now I've got my trouble t-shirt on and let's get into trouble after I have some more champagne. Maybe the champagne's heating me up. I don't know. Ooh, freaking love it. Okay, another part of fall that gets me excited is the fact that Halloween is around the corner. And ever since I was a kid, Halloween has been, no, I shouldn't say a big deal, but like always planning on going out trick-or-treating. I trick-or-treated until I was 16. It was, that was the last year that I actually officially went out trick-or-treating. And I think me and my girlfriend, Kat also, went together and laughed our heads off. We, I think we were like 80s chicks, like side ponytails, horrific like 80s makeup and big earrings or something. And uh, it was fun. So anyway, I love Halloween. I don't own a ton of Halloween decor. Christmas decor, yes. Halloween, no. I don't like I'll whip out a pumpkin or something. And I was thinking I gotta do something for fall with my studio here, just to kind of like brass it up, <laughs> jazz it up. But I thought I'll, maybe I'll get like a little witch hat for my cat, you know, or I was in home since the other day and saw some really cute kind of little pumpkins and um, skulls and stuff like that. But I don't know yet, it'll be a surprise. But I definitely love fall love Halloween and um, I live too far away for there to be trick-or-treaters at my house so that kind of makes me a little bit sad because I would like to see the kids and see their costumes make fun little like goodie packs and stuff like that I do have friends that live in town but anyway so another thing is all of the wonderful cozy comfort foods that come with the fall season so there are things that i just don't make in the summertime soups certain like casseroles and chilies things like that i just pretty much save for fall and winter all the things i'm gonna make oh my god one of my favorite like fall things to make is a like a crock pot stew and i have a lot of wild meat in my freezer elk moose deer you name it <laughs> i got it and uh a lot of these meats like need to like longer cooking times are so lean and it's not like beef or chicken, right? It's a bit different. And if you cook wild meat, you know, but to throw it in the crock pot in the morning at like nine in the morning and then cook it for six to eight hours. And oh my God. And the smell, like you go out and do something all day, you come back and dinner's ready. It smells like my Oma's been in the kitchen for ever cooking, you know, it's just wonderful. But of course in the summertime, I mean, I'm always trying to keep my house cool. <laughs> so I don't really cook those kind of meals in the summer, more salads and things like that. But so I'm excited about some of these dishes. Um, I make a really amazing split pea and ham soup. I only use ham hock, by the way. So it's pretty amazing. I also love to do... <sighs> like a New England clam chowder, Manhattan or Mediterranean. I always say Mediterranean or Manhattan. I can't remember which one it is, but the red clam chowder. I love to do like tuna casseroles. And I know casserole like gives people the heebie-jeebies, like this, the name, the sound of it. Because when I was a kid, it was like, oh, casserole. But I have some really amazing recipes. Super simple. Campbell's mushroom soup may be involved. <laughs> and chilies. I mean, I love to do like a good spaghetti sauce in the crock pot and just get it so like delicious and flavorful. Flavorful. Another thing with fall around the corner is wardrobe change. I mean, 
I thought I could jump into a sweater, but clearly <laughs> we're not ready for that yet. But I have so many like gorgeous jackets and some new stuff that I want to wear. And so that also is exciting about fall. Getting to whip out your favorite sweaters and long sleeves and toques. And it's just all around exciting. Okay, so I had a thought the other day and I want to know what you think. People that wake up during surgery. So I've heard many stories from watching television and just horror stories about people that are awake during surgery, but they can't move because they're kind of paralyzed, but they can feel all the pain during surgery. And this is like, kind of like, it's kind of like gives me buried alive vibes. <laughs> like if you think about what it would be like to be buried alive and then have to like, it kind of gives me the same sort of vibes where you're trapped within yourself and like imagine you're getting surgery like open heart surgery or something and you could feel all the pain that is one of probably my top 10 fears and i have a pretty hefty pain tolerance but that being trapped in your own body and like i want to know if you if that's ever happened to you hopefully not if it has i want to hear the story and i also want to know if maybe you know somebody that it's happened to because what's the guarantee that it won't like i've never really been put under i had my wisdom teeth taken out so i was put under for that and i got a weird story about that and i actually i'm gonna bring it up because maybe you guys know i was 16 or 17 when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. And um, I think only the bottom ones, top ones are good, only the both bottom ones here. And from what I remember, <laughs> my mom probably remembers better, but I uh, went in nervous, but my friends had had theirs taken out and they were like, ah, oh, it's really not a big deal. Sometimes you get swollen like a chipmunk, but because mine were growing in fairly straight, it's not like they had to break them to get them out. And that's, I think when you get the most swollen is when they gotta like break your teeth, pull little chunks out and like, that's horrific. I'll never forget one of my best friends in high school got hers taken out and she came to school like three days later and she didn't give a shit. Her friggin' cheeks were swollen like this, but she didn't want to miss school. <laughs> I was like, wow, girl, you have some, you, yeah. That was brave. Anyway, so what my question is, I went into this little room and it was the nurse and the anesthesiologist, okay? Dude sitting there and he's, he's got the syringe, or no, I didn't see the syringe initially. So I sit down and um, he get the IV ready and, and he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna get you to count down from 100 or something. So he puts this needle in and he puts the syringe to the tube that was coming out and he jammed that white looking fluid in my vein so hard. Like, I don't know what the hell the reason would be for this besides his own like sick entertainment <laughs> because it was not right. I laid there and he put, let me just see if I can describe this right. So it's like a milky looking fluid. It's like a white kind of thicker looking fluid in a syringe and like I said he put it in and he squeezed it in so hard that literally I feel like my vein went like and I don't know why he would have to do that but is this normal I know <laughs> I haven't really ever brought it up to anybody but it was really strange for me it didn't feel right I was like what the hell but there was a nurse in the room too and I was like this guy's a psychopath like god knows what <laughs> especially when you're being put out and you're like hey ow whoa wait a minute Ugh. <laughs> I'd be SOL. 
<laughs> but anyway, so that was weird to me. Anyway, I just had to share that story and everything was fine. Surgery went great. In fact, I never really got much swelling, never had any weird like Ugh, cuckoo moments uh, that you see sometimes that are funny videos on YouTube of people just coming out of their, their surgery and they are saying crazy things. I have no crazy stories like that, but I think like, I mean, dental surgery would be terrible too to wake up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know how bad your tooth hurts. Can you imagine having dental surgery without anesthesia or like anything back in the day? And the devices they used to use, like crazy drills and things like that. I don't know, man. And you couldn't even bite down on a leather strap because you're going to work on your teeth. <laughs> But holy crap, you know, what people had to go through back in the day. I'm gonna write this down. I do wanna do like a an interesting kind of like medical devices segment in one of my September, October podcasts, just cause we're getting Halloween-ish, you know? Medical devices. The medieval ones are insane and ridiculous. But even up to like 1940, 1950, they were using certain devices that just were like, what? <laughs> I don't know. What was that? Oh, I was going to say something else. I don't remember, but oh, I was going to say Joe Rogan interviewed this blonde chick. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but she's like a historian and she knows a lot about the medical devices. I think she specializes in sort of like creepy medical devices from like back in the day and what they used to do and what they used to think. And I think I read a fact not so long, like in one of my previous podcasts, unless I just read it on the side, but I'm sure I read it out loud about how they still use shock therapy. In one state, they still use shock therapy in one of the sanita sanatoriums or whatever they're called, which was like, actually, <laughs> we know that doesn't work, right? But anyway, so yeah, interesting. I'm gonna add some more champagne to this. It's getting quite cinnamon-ish. Well, there goes all that carbonation. It's fine. It's actually really good, kind of flat, almost like an apple juice. Mm. Another thing too that like sparked in my brain when I was thinking about waking up during surgery, I was having this conversation with a friend. I actually like have this whole movie plot involving a coma, but uh, that'll maybe tell that later. Like what's going on in your coma, right? Are you in a dream state where you're just sleeping kind of, or are you like frozen in your own body and conscious? You can hear and smell and you can't move, right? And I think that there are different states of coma. Like I think that there are probably both and people that can sort of flutter their eyeballs if they can, you know what I mean? I just, the thought of that also is super creepy to think about being in a coma state where you're not sleeping, like you're not dreaming, you're just laying there. So that freaks me out. But the movie plot <laughs> that I had, and maybe it exists, I don't know, but I thought about a guy that winds up in a coma from some accident and he's in a coma for 10 years. But while he's in a coma, he's created this whole life in his mind, right? Where he's able, it's almost like a recurring dream where you just keep going back to the same place. And he has a wife and a family in this coma state and he has a whole life. And during the movie, there's funny things that happen, like the, mil the milk that the wife is pouring in the glass kind of slowly goes in and it's like, oh, wow, that's insane, you know? But like little things like that happen throughout his life with his family, but then it makes sense later on because he wakes up from his coma and realizes that his family and his children were not ever real and he's constantly trying to get back to this place where he can be with his family again, but it was all just in his head, you know? Anyway, so <laughs> I thought, oh, that would be an interesting movie to watch. It'd be super sad because, you know, that's like terrible, but uh, I'd watch it. <laughs> but maybe that exists, I don't know. But yeah, I thought, oh, coma. It's a weird thing to think about. Okay, so I thought that this podcast, I would replace cat facts with showing you some photos of me naked. Just joking. 
showing you photos of really funky swimming pools around the world. Now I only got inspired by this because of my Wonderland idea. And if you don't know what my Wonderland idea is, you can listen to my last podcast or was it the one before? Anyway, really interesting like swimming pools that you can visit around the world. And um, I don't know about you, but if I book myself a hotel anywhere, there better be a, a swimming pool with a water slide even better. But I, <laughs> I'm such a, like I will go off the diving board in the public pool. I don't care. I am a total kid at heart. And if there is a swimming pool and a water slide, I'm going down it. Me and the other kids at the pool, we're friends and we're having a fun time. <laughs> so I went online and I found, I think it was like one article with all of these different pools because I didn't do a ton of research. So the first one is the Intercontinental Hotel in Hong Kong. Intercontinental Hotel in Hong Kong has lavish amenities and the skyline to back it up. And the cherry on top is a set of three pools that sit atop its third floor spa deck overlooking Victoria Harbor. With the three pools set to be different temperatures, cold, warm, and hot, visitors can choose the water that's just right as they enjoy the close-up view of the Hong Kong skyline. This is cool. It looks so, mm, I don't know, it almost looks like a bit of a rainy evening, but it could just be the pollution. I don't know. <laughs> but wow, with like, I wonder if you can like sip champagne. That's my thing. Like, I want to go to the pool, but I want to have some bevies. You know what I mean? Okay, this next one is the Blue Lagoon Geothermal Spa in Iceland. Blue Lagoon is one of the most famous spots on an island known for its gorgeous mythical geothermal features. The pool is fed by superheated water vented from the ground near lava flow, and the lagoon is renewed every two days by a nearby geothermal plant through a combination of natural and artificial filtering. Water is heated naturally beneath the Earth's surface and takes in minerals on its way to the lagoon. The water, which stays about 100 degrees Fahrenheit, is rich in minerals like silica and sulfur, and some people claim it has healing powers for skin diseases like psoriasis. Looks like some of you have to go to Iceland because uh, I actually know people that have been there and they're like, it's the best. It was the best experience ever. Okay, this next one's incredible. I thought I had to look at this like three times. I was like, what, is this real? San Alfonso del Mar in Chile. The largest swimming pool in the world is more than 3000 feet long with a deep end that descends 115 feet. Where is the deep end? I'm looking. I don't know, I can't tell. Like normally the water looks a little bluer as it gets deeper, but I can't see. Sitting seaside at a resort in Chile, the pool required nearly five years to build and cost 1.6 billion. It has an annual maintenance fee of $3.2 million. Containing more than 66 million gallons of water, it dwarfs the second biggest pool in the world, Orthlieb in Morocco with a mere 9.5 million gallons. The pool keeps a constant flow of fresh seawater into the pool and old water back out to the sea. Wow, so it actually is seawater. Using a filtration system to desalinate, this is blowing my mind, using a filtration system to desalinate the seawater before it goes into the pool and clean the pool water before it goes back into the ocean. Because I know desalination is like an option in the future for when like California runs out of water, but it's super expensive. And I believe that that would be why it would be $1.6 billion. Like who the hell has the budget for that? You know what I mean? Like, look at this thing. I mean, I'm really happy that it exists, but I just am confused by the economics, the economics of this thing. <laughs> what? Anyway, so yeah, interesting. This next one makes my nipples hard. <laughs> the Rangali Island in the Maldives. Okay, 
As soon as you hear the word Maldives, I know you know it's going to be spectacular. Jutting out into the Indian Ocean from a tiny island in the Maldives, this luxurious pool belonging to the Conrad Maldives Resort and Spa is in the class known as an infinity pools. <laughs> Sorry, this is how it's spelled. As an infinity pool, which is designed to dissolve the edges of the pool and make you feel like you're floating atop the ocean itself. This is spectacular. What I wonder though, like heavy weather and harsh weather, like especially with a $1.6 billion pool, can a storm just come and like destroy it? <laughs> Isn't it a bit risky to have that much of an investment right on the ocean? It's probably paid back like tenfold. But... Okay, this next one is super cool too. Ubud Hanging Gardens in Bali in Indonesia. At the Ubud Hanging Gar Gardens in Bali, swimmers get two exotic choices. Overlook the valley from the swimming pool on high or get into the thick of things in the lower pool among the terraced gardens. Either way, it's clear that you're going to have a swimming experience unlike any other you've had before. I love it, it looks gorgeous. This one, I freaking love, this one is, Nemo 33 in Brussels, in Belgium. Formerly the world's deepest pool until San Alfonso del Mar stole that title in 2007, Nemo 33 remains the deepest indoor pool at 108 feet. Using highly filtered spring water at 96 degrees Fahrenheit, the pool is home to diving instruction, recreational use, and film production. Divers can explore the system of underwater caves, and because Nemo 33 stays a constant warm temperature, they don't even need wetsuits. So, okay, so these winds I thought they were windows, but it looks like they're like cave systems. That's super cool. You know what I mean? And imagine having like windows into the cave so like you can watch people and their like diving equipment cruise around, have dinner, watch it. You know? <laughs> super entertaining. This photo confused me, but uh, okay. Devil's Pool in Victoria Falls in South Africa. Atop Victoria Falls in South Africa, one of the largest waterfalls in the world is one of the scariest pools in the world. I would say so. <laughs> in the natural formation called Devil's Pool, swimmers can look over the falls in relative safety, relative safety, as thousands of gallons of water from the Zambezi River plunge 128 meters into the gorge. At the edge of the pool, there is a rock wall that prevents the river from pulling swimmers over the edge, but jumping in is still a harrowing experience for first time visitors who can't see the protective wall from the shore. Okay, so I guess, are these people at the edge of the wall. I'm sure it doesn't go right to the very edge, but you can still climb up there. Or what if you were super buoyant and then you just kind of, oops, I'm floating, oh no, and then go over the edge. <laughs> it's probably happened, but hopefully not. Okay, this is super cool. This is actually a really cool idea. The Library Blood Red Pool in Thailand, Koh Samui, Thailand. The library resort on the famous Koh Samui beach in Thailand is packed with dramatic scenery, but the blood red pool stands out the most. The blood red effect isn't from dyeing the water, which is what I thought. I was like, I wear my pink bikini in there. I mean, my <laughs> white bikini, <laughs> it would come out pink. The blood red effect isn't from dyeing the water. So there is no risk of turning red after taking a dip. The color comes from the combination of red, yellow, and orange tiles from which the pool is made. So change the color of the tiles, change the color of the water. It definitely looks like it's dyed red. This living room pool caught my eye. This is in New York City. Egregiously luxurious 15 by 30 foot pool located in the Chelsea neighborhood of Manhattan is built into the living room of an apartment. The apartment owned by Evelyn McMurray Van Zeller also has six bedrooms, five fireplaces, five bathrooms, a gym, sauna, and second pool for her turtles. <laughs> this fantasy world is currently on the market, so the pool and other amenities could be yours for just a shade under 11 million. I can afford that. Okay, last one. Badschiff in Berlin, Germany. Badschiff 
Badeship in German means bathing ship, but this ship is actually a shipping container. The Badeship, oh, Badeship open, <laughs> opened in 2004 to give Berlin citizens a sanitary swimming environment near the Spree River, which is much too polluted to take a deep to to take a dip in. Oh my God. The bad shift says, uh, stays open until midnight. And when the sun goes down, the operators deploy a cover over the pool to keep swimmers warm. Right, okay. So there's like obviously something that goes on over top, but I think that's kind of cool. You know, I like it. That concludes <laughs> incredible pools around the world. <laughs> Not gonna be a segment, a regular segment, but I thought instead of like interesting facts, interesting pools, you know, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I noticed when traveling to Europe, in Germany, in Holland, pretty much anywhere with trees, <laughs> their forestry industry is on point. Their forests are extremely clean. There's very little waste. Pretty much they have machines. They've invented machines to take the tree from standing to processed and every bit of it is used. There's no waste. I mean, of course, there's probably some waste, but very little. What pisses me off is the logging industry in Canada is a total joke. And what I mean by this is, and I don't want to piss anybody off, but the logging piles, so essentially all the waste from materials they can't use. And I'm talking like full trees. They've got a bit of a curve in them or something and they can't process them, so they waste them, right? There is selective logging, which means that they can go and like logging companies will go and select the trees that they want and they have to be very careful around the ones that they don't want to take right but then there's clear cutting where they just take everything and then make a big pile at the end of all the shit that they don't use and it's pretty amazing to me that this is even allowed and I know that there's an abundance of trees in the Rockies but that doesn't always last forever one thing they do do though is tree plant so like after they log a cut block after a little bit of time tree planters go in and then replant the trees but it's still kind of a sorry excuse to waste all of this product. It's just in incredible to me. It just drives me crazy. And uh, I mean, I have a fairly big property and I love every single tree on this property. And I'm not a tree hugger by any means, but you know, if you need wood, go harvest the wood, but select logging is kind of the way to go. But even so, there's still a lot of waste. But in Germany, you won't find like a stick on the floor of the forest. Like they use every part of it and it's very clean. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever looked into a forest, it looks magical. It's like moss and everything's clean. There's no like trees down branches. And so it's pretty interesting. If you ever come to Canada and see piles and piles of wood on the side of the road, crisscross, like if it's stacked, they're probably gonna use it, but they're just gonna burn it. They just burn it. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. One thing I've been noticing and maybe the same thing is happening to you guys. Ever since I really started using my smartphone, however many years ago that is now, I don't even know. I have lost the ability to handwrite. <laughs> properly. I'm so used to typing and using my computer and my smartphone that I don't really have to write very often. And I find that I, I'm like regressing where I'm like skipping certain letters, trying to abbreviate things. And it's like, what the hell? I've forgotten how to write. And another thing is, is my memory. And I think I've talked about this before where, you know, if I have an appointment next week, I put a reminder on my phone because if I didn't, there's no way in hell I'd remember, you know, oh yeah, it's Tuesday. I've got an appointment at three. Like, no. I know that back in the day too, people would just write it on their calendars and like reference their calendars all the time, but still my brain is shriveling up as we speak. <laughs> um, so that's why I think it's important to keep exercising your brain and not by like stimulating it by watching TikTok or something. I mean, there are certain apps that are like, keep your brain on point. 
you know? So I think it might be a good idea for me to start using one of these apps. This is like a good opportunity for me to have some sort of sponsorship, but I don't. <laughs> Did it sound like I was segueing into some sort of sponsorship? No. The whole writing thing too, like if I had to write an essay the same way I did in high school, you know, like five pages. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it just, it wouldn't take long to kind of get back on track, but these things, they, there are repercussions to using your smartphone too much or only using your smartphone. I mean, for me, it's funny because like my business is based around video, audio, photos. So I'm on this thing constantly, you know, and I put an effort into not like to have certain times of the day where I don't touch my phone. Um, but how has using a smartphone affected your life negatively? <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of stories, but like even just simple things like writing, remembering, you know, I think uh, over time, like after 50 years of using a smartphone, are we going to be okay? <laughs> there was this thing about, oh, 5G and like brain tumors and stuff like that. And I mean, I, I don't really know, but there's got to be something to it like there's got to be some sort of consequence right i don't know i won't know till i'm in the ripe old age and i can be like if i had only stopped using my smartphone 30 years ago then i wouldn't have this third eye growing on my forehead <laughs> now it's time for a segment that i like to call kitty twisters So I, every episode, like to read some jokes that made me chuckle. And maybe they'll make you chuckle too. And if you're by yourself, then feel free just to laugh out loud. Okay, by the way, they're sick. They're always sick jokes. Sex jokes, sick jokes, dirty jokes. If you are triggered by this and don't want, then just turn off phone or your computer right now. <laughs> what do you call a deaf gynecologist? A lip reader. <laughs> Okay, there's like a bunch of these that are semi-funny to me, but you might find them really funny. I just got my doctor's test results and I'm really upset. Turns out I'm not gonna be a doctor. <laughs> as I get older, I remember all the people I lost along the way. Maybe a career as a tour guide was not the right choice. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's terrible. The doctor gave me some cream for my skin rash. He said I was a site for psoriasis. That's <laughs> so dumb. Okay. Another silly one. A man walks into a magic forest and tries to cut down a talking tree. You can't cut me down, the tree complains. I'm a talking tree. The man responds, you may be a talking tree, but you will dialogue. <laughs> Do you guys get it? <laughs> My wife left a note on the fridge that said, this isn't working. I'm not sure what she's talking about because I opened the fridge door and it's working fine. <laughs> What's your name, son? The principal asked his student. The principal asked his student. The principal doesn't teach. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'm just joking. Yeah, they do. Sure, some do. The kid replied, D -d 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 David, David, sir, do you have a stutter? The principal asked. The student answered, no, sir. My dad has a stutter, but the guy who registered my name was a real jerk. <laughs> and the spelling is D-D-D-D-A-V-D-A-V-D-A-V-I-D. <laughs> This is kind of true. When I see the names of lovers engraved on a tree, I don't find it cute or romantic. I find it weird how many people take knives with them on dates. <laughs> what the hell are they? What? Yeah, it's true. I just read that someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds. Poor guy. <laughs> These are actually pretty clean jokes. These are ones you can like tell your kids. Why did Mozart kill all of his chickens? When he asked them who was the best composer, <laughs> They all replied, Bach, 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 Bach. 
<sighs> I need a drink. My wife and I have reached the difficult decision that we do not want children. If anybody does, please just send me your contact details and we'll drop them all off tomorrow. <laughs> this one is sick. I'll never forget my granddad's last words to me before he died. Are you still holding the ladder? <laughs> oh, poor granddad. Okay, this is the last one, I promise. It turns out a major new study recently found that humans eat more bananas than monkeys. It's true, I can't remember the last time I ate a monkey. <laughs> that concludes Kitty Twisters. So recently, believe it or not, I was asked this question. If there was one thing that you could not eat or would not eat in the grocery store, what would it be? And literally, I could not come up with something that you could find at the grocery store that I wouldn't try or eat or that I haven't tried or eaten. My friend was like, her thing was mint Oreos. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I get it, like, you know, something that you just, you hate, right? But I mean, you could eat, I would eat a mint Oreo. I mean, pff. my grocery store sells durian, but it comes like wet in a package. Like, I don't know, not the actual fruit, it's pre-packaged. And um, I've never tried it. I've always wanted to try it, but it, I, apparently it's like a fruit or a, I'm pretty sure it's a fruit that smells like dead bodies, but has a very mild taste. <laughs> appealing um, but I don't know see the thing is with me is if I were to go on like a culinary adventure so say I went to Thailand and they were gonna give me all these traditional foods and the one thing that I would probably have a hard time with it are some of the like fermented drinks that certain tribes make where that's like women's spit and it's like fermented spit and it's like what they drink out of like the coconut or whatever I would have a hard time with that just knowing that it's somebody else's spit I've eaten bugs I've eaten crazy things, tarantula, scorpion, water beetle, you name it, <laughs> I've, I've eaten it. So yeah, like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Maybe you have a least favorite thing that you could find at your grocery store. But yeah, no, it was just like an interesting question that I posed to myself. Like what would I not eat at the grocery store? There's things that I don't buy. That I don't know how to use or I don't have a use for them or I don't even think about it. But there's some really disgusting like drinks that use stevia and stuff like that. But otherwise, I'm pretty much a game for anything. Like I would win some competitions if it came down to it. Eating gross things, fear factor, I'd be the one. I'd be eating the live spiders, that's me. <laughs> it's just up here, you know? And uh, also because Halloween is around the corner, I've been ordering crazy amounts of Halloween costumes, but not just any Halloween costumes. Yandy has some really sexy lingerie costumes. And uh, if you don't know, I usually do, I, I usually, every Halloween season, I do uh, 20 days of Halloween costumes, super sexy Halloween costumes. And this year is going to be insane. I found some really uber teensy tiny awesome Halloween costumes. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll start, this is for Patreon, by the way, you're not gonna see this on YouTube. I'll start with a costume and then if it's not necessarily the sexiest costume, it's all about what's underneath. And I have some plans for costumes on YouTube where I'll be certain characters. And then on Patreon, you'll be able to see kind of what that superhero wears underneath. You know what I mean? Just have a little bit of fun with it, like sort of total fantasy, you know? But that's what Patreon's all about. It's just the fantasy. And OnlyFans, I don't know if you heard, but 
OnlyFans is uh, going through a rough time right now. <laughs> it won't really affect me, but basically any sexually explicit material is going to be removed from OnlyFans where this is like pretty much their entire market is, you know, explicit. <laughs> Luckily for me, I'm just, you know, I post artistic photos, but it's like any nudity and things is still acceptable, but no actual I guess really raunchy stuff, but it's hard to tell like what will constitute a acceptable, unacceptable post compared to a non-acceptable post. And it all has to do with, I think the, the banks are not going to be funding OnlyFans actions anymore or something like that. But you could do more research online. There's lots of articles on it. Like I said, I won't be affected personally, but I just thought I'd bring that up a little bit of news for you. Um, but yeah, so for Patreon, I do, like I said, it's 25 videos. I think this year I'll do 25 because I've got a lot of costumes on order. 25 videos, 25 different Halloween costumes. And I kind of do like a bit of a striptease style depending on the costume. This year I've got lots of wigs and lots of really fun stuff and like a ton of accessories. And uh, I'm so excited because I've got, I actually, oh, I actually spent like a lot of money and I'm not even gonna say the figure because it's ridiculous, but on special pasties <laughs> to match some of these costumes. Not every costume I will be wearing pasties with, but just so you know, there is going to be some interesting action on my Patreon in October. It will run from October 1st to October 31st. So there won't be 31 videos or I mean, it'll be close because I'm obviously going to do a couple bonus videos. That's when I will unpublish the tier. So you have pretty much until the end of the month. There'll be lots of information probably on like my social media. I have to be a little bit careful about posting certain things on Instagram and TikTok and things like that just because they, their policies are always sort of changing. But I'm um, definitely on my Patreon page. I'll have like public postings on there so you can see and get more information. And uh, of course, you can email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com if you have any specific questions or comments or ideas or anything like that. So I'm excited. It's going to be so much fun. And I've got some new boots and new shoes and oh my God, I'm just, I can't wait to start, but I do have to come up with like a little calendar, every costume for each day and what I need to do to prepare. Cause I do want to kind of get into character a little bit more with some different hair colors and some different styles. And oh my God, it's going to be so fun. And why, why not? And why not make your October amazing? <laughs> It'll be available to everybody. I mean, there's usually limited spots, but um, if you're there early enough, you're good to go. <laughs> All right, everyone, that concludes episode 19 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. If I forgot to mention, I'm Cat Wonders, and thank you for listening. <laughs> I uh, am going to order sushi for dinner tonight, and I'm excited about it. Um, what are you having for dinner? <laughs> I will be back, of course, next week with another podcast. I do have a bikini video to post. By the time you're seeing this, it will have already been up. So I don't even know why I brought that up. But <laughs> I know a few of you are like, are you just doing the podcast? I'm like, no, 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 no. Sorry. It's summertime. I'm getting back on track. Everything's going to be back to normal. And... You have nothing to worry about. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. My bikinis will be a little tighter, but that's fine because guess what? I've just got my Marilyn Monroe vibes going. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. And if you made it through to the end, I really appreciate it. Please give this video a like if you enjoyed it and subscribe. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, it's all over the place. Then there is a video version on YouTube, FYI. So if you want to see my outfit, my outfit changed today because I wore two different tops super exciting. Um, see me flip my hair around and my concoctail. Then you definitely want to catch me on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this video, you can also download my podcast on pretty much all platforms. So just FYI. Yeah. 
and follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, um, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, I'm everywhere. And uh, just filling in on that. Thank you all so much for watching. I'm not gonna post this drink recipe. It's just champagne, a cinnamon stick, and apples. And um, I would highly recommend it. It really is fall in a drink. And uh, yeah, all right. Thank you all so much for watching and I'll see you in my next video.